Growing Up Baby with Haley Zimak. Picture this, you've just gotten into a sleep routine with your little one, and then along comes daylight saving time. How I used to relish that extra hour of sleep or daylight, but now all I can think about is how is this going to impact naps and bedtime? You've heard Bridget Jensen on this podcast before. She's a sleep consultant at Better Bedtime and an excellent resource when it comes to sleep training. I should know she helped us out a lot. Bridget, thanks so much for talking once again. Uh, Let's get right to it. So daylight savings time quickly approaching. We gain an hour, right? Which doesn't sound so bad. But when we think about little ones, especially those who may have just gotten into a sleep pattern, what can any type of time change do? And how can you uh, mitigate any negative impacts? Great question, Haley. And thanks for having me back. The time change meant something different maybe in our kid-free days, but now that we have little ones, the fallback one is often a bit tricky because when we used to gain a beautiful hour of sleep, uh, now, of course, we're not really getting that because after all, our babies cannot tell time. They don't really care what the number on the clock says. It's all about their circadian rhythm and how how tired and how awake they're feeling at any given time. And I think walking into any time change whether it be daylight savings or even, uh, let's say, a time zone change for a trip, Um, walking into it with that understanding that they don't know the number on the clock. How can I help my baby adjust to something like this? And easing in is a great thing to do. And that can even be 15, 20-minute increments, either leading up to a time change or the week following, and spending as much time in the sunlight as possible so that your little one can get adjusted to this new time. And then that fresh air, of course, is great for helping them feel tired enough to go down for their next sleep. Okay. So in this particular case, let's talk about both. So it's fall back, which is where we are, and then spring ahead. So when we talk about 15, 20 minute increments, we want to go to bed slightly earlier. Is that how it works? So I always get tripped up on this myself. So basically, if you think about what is six o'clock today, We're going to be putting them to bed at five o'clock on, let's say, the Sunday following a time change, just as an example, what it's going to feel like. Yes, this is exactly what I need. I need a step by step timed minute for how this is going to work, please. (laughs) Of course, it's and we all we all feel it for sure. So if we imagine the clocks are going to go back Saturday night, one hour, it happens at two in the morning, the clocks go back one hour. So when your little one wakes up that morning, it, if their normal wake up time 7am, they're now going to wake up at 6am according to new time. I, I like to keep in mind the old time and the new time. It, it helps to bring a bit of understanding for our little ones and to meet them in the middle a little bit. Um, so if we're thinking that they're going to not feel as tired, they're not going to have enough sleep pressure for that upcoming sleep because it's earlier to them. It's one hour sooner than they're used to being put to bed. And if you can imagine tonight out of the blue, if you put your son to bed an hour early, that wouldn't go well. Um, So we want to do it a little bit earlier. So you might start by that 15 minutes earlier bedtime. So tonight, let's say he goes to bed at seven, you might do a 645 tonight to try to get him adjusted. If you have a few nights that you can do this gradually by putting them to bed a little bit earlier so that they can adjust to the new time. That's great. But if you're listening to this after daylight savings time, not to worry, just keep in mind what the old time will feel like for them and what the new time actually is. And just slide your way into that new time in like 15 or 20 minute increments. Okay. And then does it eventually kind of even out and and balance out? So after we go through the time change, how long does it take until they've adjusted to that new time, that, that hour difference either way? So by day five or six, after the time change, my hope is that we're in line with the new schedule. Bedtime's happening as usual. 
What you might notice though, is these early morning wakings, because again, he might be used to waking up at seven, which now is six o'clock. So it, you'll wake up and you'll see that new time on the clock. So you should definitely be planning your day in line with the new um, time by that following weekend, let's say. So within the week, but what you will likely notice, and this is when our inboxes and phones blow up is the couple weeks following a time change, because it will cause early morning wakings often, or a bit of trickiness with the naps. And this is why we always love following baby's bend, going baby led, because all you can do is set up the right environment for your baby, adjust things like timing and how you're putting them down so that they can get um, back in line with their usual sleep. And I always, at this point, remind people of the early morning culprits or the early morning things that you can do to help your little one, which the, the first thing is checking off anything in the environment. Is there any light creeping in the room? Is there some, uh, is there white noise blocking out those neighborhood and household noises? Do we have overnight diapers? Is our baby dressed in what we would wear plus one layer? So thinking of anything in their room or in their space that could be preventing them from getting a good night's sleep or, or waking them in the morning. That's one of the areas that we would look at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Well, and it's so true, right? Because you think, okay, let me just get through, you know, the time change in a couple of days, but it is a domino effect. And I'm seeing that with Silas who has just hit a year. You and I have worked together. So thank you so much because my issues were, didn't have a second nap in the daytime, um, wasn't sleeping through the night and he's a very, very early riser. So working with you, we pretty much covered all three. I mean, he got up at seven 20 this morning and it's normally been between five and six which is great news. However, those later morning wakes also push back and kind of screw up my nap times now too. So can you speak to that, whether it's happening naturally because of a milestone or because of something like the time change? Oh yeah, it can be, you're right. It can be a milestone going through a leap. It could be the time change. It could be teething. It could be he's learned a new skill or is learning to digest a new food. There's the sky's the limit with what could cause it. As long as you don't have somewhere to be and you don't have a really, um, if he's not super sensitive to his schedule, you wouldn't need to wake him up. But if you find that he is really sensitive to a change in a nap time um, or you do have somewhere to be, then I would draw the line at seven. And that way we can preserve his morning nap time. Um, and as as always too, taking a look at a 24 hour period and how many pockets of sleep he gets or any baby gets. And we need to sometimes adjust that to compensate. So let's say for example, today, he slept till seven 20, maybe his nap starts a little later today, but you still end it at that time so that he's tired enough for that second nap. And that's for his, in his specific case. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. And we've talked about this before. It's something you, you encouraged me to do. And I did do it because sometimes it is so hard to wake up a sleeping baby, but like you got to do it if you want to get to that second nap or if you want to get to that proper bedtime. Right. In his case, absolutely. And this is really dependent on the age. And I find when little ones are under 12 months, they definitely need to be keeping that two nap schedule, sometimes even up until 17, 18 months. The absolute youngest I've seen a baby drop to one nap is around 11 months. And that is so rare. I I think I've only seen it maybe twice. Um, So we would say we knew that we could tell with Silas's notes and how well you kept track of his timings that he wasn't able to have that long afternoon stretch without sleep. So what we do instead of having one solid nap is the two naps uh, for him. Um, Of course, if he's showing signs that it's time to drop to one, which would look like resisting one of those naps, um, having broken sleep in the night consistently uh, for a couple of weeks, then it's time to think about this change. 
Um, I don't want to make everyone think they have to limit their naps always. So it depends on your baby. Um, but if you're finding you're in that awkward gap where they cannot make it through the afternoon, then maybe it should be um, condensed to a, maybe an hour and a half or let's say two hours at nine in the morning. And again, at two, just as an example. Yes, for sure. And I'll be very clear. I'm only speaking for myself because you and I work together. You gave me the spreadsheet, the whole nine yards. I loved it. You know, um, normally my brain kind of melts down when I see an Excel spreadsheet, but it was so important to track those times and track the moods um, because then you can look back on what's working and what's not. So one of my main takeaways, Bridget, was routine, 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 you know, and we can share maybe a couple of, of aspects of that, but I was not great at setting a routine or changing into pajamas before, or, you know, kind of watching the clock and the sleep cues. Like it really is a dance, but once you get the hang of it and it goes smoothly, like, wow, how rewarding. Yeah, you did such a good job with him. And the nice thing is too, like you're the pro on your baby and anyone listening, you know, your baby better than anyone. So taking that and marrying it together with some sleep strategies can really go a long way. You did beautifully. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's, it's a team effort. Let's just say like that. Um, <laughs> so for anyone, and it's funny, cause I have a friend right now who has like a three or four month old, right. And that baby is just sleeping so much sleeping around the clock. And she also has a three-year-old and she's like, this kid doesn't sleep at all. You know? So on the one hand, she's enjoying all the sleep she's getting from the one. And on the other, she's still go, go, go. And so I say, you know, I still have, you know, at least one good solid nap, most likely two as well, but I'm kind of in that transition phase when you mentioned you know, around a year you see it happening. So for those people who their baby is getting a little bit older, uh, how do you know when to change the nap schedule, let it drop? Maybe they're going to daycare and then do bedtimes get later as well? Yeah. Bedtime would definitely need to be adjusted when you think about the, a change to a daytime sleep. So let's say for example, Silas, he would have had that one nap before we work together. And then his bedtime might've needed to be earlier be to accommodate that long uh, afternoon gap. But when you have the two naps, usually we can tolerate a little bit of a later bedtime. So the signs that we look for are first to take a step back and think, is this a daylight savings thing? Is this a change in daycare, change in routine um, or a developmental leap? And so the rule of thumb we say is if you're seeing it four or five days a week for two weeks, it's likely time for a change. And we look for... Um, not going down for one of those sleeps. The tricky thing is it's usually not the morning nap. Usually it's the afternoon nap that they're not going to go down for. So then folks will say, Ooh, you know, they're not going down for that afternoon nap, but they are going down for the morning nap. So how could I ever drop that morning nap? Um, um, but that's really common. I, mm -hmm. I'm folks. I'm folks. You're the folks. Okay. So here's what we'd look for then. Okay. If he's, you're doing your typical thing, he's laying there wide awake. They're not always crying. Usually they're motoring around their crib, practicing some new skills. You might notice him just chattering away. Sometimes they do get fussy. Um, but if you're seeing this happen, yeah, four or five days a week for a good two weeks, it's definitely time to lean into one nap. And again, it's a broad age group, let's say 12 ish months, all the way to 17, 18 months. We do like to follow that baby's lead. Okay. What, how does the weather play into this as well? Because I like to go to bed nice and early when it's dark, you get in hibernation mode. And then obviously we're going to get through winter, hopefully quickly. And then the, we're going to have more light, more sounds of the neighborhood. How do you deal with that, that kind of winter slumber that we're about to get into and then getting out to the more light summer sleep? 
you're the, you feel that way. That's so in our bones as people. And we all feel that dark earlier in the evening that that's what helps get our body producing our melatonin, which will help drive us into sleep. So it's not by accident that you're feeling uh, sleepy a little more these days. So he would probably feel similar as my guess. Um, and so you just go through your typical things like you do what we see in the spring when the, let's say the light creeps in at five 20 or five 40, that's what we start to see a really early in the morning. We pull out all the stops to make the, the room as dark, dark as possible, have that white noise to drown out the birds. Cause we know they're so loud as well. Um, and just making sure we're covering off anything in the environment that could be arousing them from their sleep at those wee hours. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you as always, Bridget. Any last final parting words for those looking to either establish a sleep routine or maybe are a little bit concerned about daylight saving times coming up or just want to get a good night's sleep, don't we all? We all, all, yeah, absolutely. I, I like to look at it through a lens like, we have babies, their sleep needs are different than ours. So it's normal to go through some of these tricky times, a teething night, needing, um, you know, a night feeding, those sorts of things. But ask yourself as the evening comes, am I really stressed about the night? Or am I, should I even go to sleep tonight because my baby's sleeping in such a tricky way? That's a great time to consider what sleep support options you have out there for people who are transitioning or have an upcoming transition like daycare, like moving, like a new sibling. It's important as ever to keep the same routine as always. So they know that predictability, they know what to expect. Um, And you might find a little one who's joining something like daycare is more tired and needs to go to bed a little bit early, uh, earlier that evening. And that just really goes to watching those cues, right? And making sure that we're going baby led. You got it. It's really important to go baby led because every baby is different. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, follow, and share. Conversations may be edited for length and clarity. The information, opinions, and recommendations in this podcast are for general informational purposes only. The information is not intended to replace or serve as a substitute for professional advice, consultation, or service. Until next time.